Hi, and welcome to Beauty Curious. My name is Dr. Elise Love, and I am a board-certified dermatologist. And I'm Ian Michael Crum, a licensed esthetician. Ian and I are excited to become your trusted beauty guides, from interviews with the best and brightest names in the industry to sharing our favorite expert-approved products. We are here to help you navigate the noise by giving you the facts. Are you feeling beauty curious? Let's dive into today's episode. Today, we're thrilled to welcome Lauren Otsuki, the co-founder and chief innovative officer of Ourself. With an extensive biotechnology and product development background, Lauren has founded multiple successful firms, including Elastin Skincare, Skinmedica, Prometheus Biosciences, and Dexcom. Now she's focusing on revolutionizing the skincare industry with Ourself. Join us as we dive into how Lauren's impressive expertise is being applied to create innovative and groundbreaking skincare solutions at the intersection of skincare and injectables. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here this morning. So excited. Okay, so I'm excited to dive into your very impressive and extensive background. But first, let's start out with where you are now. And I want to ask, where did the name Ourself come from? Well, my colleague and co-founder, Vemla Blackgupta, really deserves all of the credit for that. She did an amazing job just capturing the ethos of the brand in the name, I think the images, the way she positioned everything. As you know, our goal is to be the at-home, self-administered, self-controlled solution for all of our customers and clients. And we think that you should be the very best version of yourself at every age. And hopefully, that's what you see when you look at our imagery and our website and whatnot. Yeah, the before and afters on your website are quite impressive and definitely caught my attention. So that HA plus serum is A plus. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. My (laughs) go-to. So you have, as we, we listed, you have quite the extensive history in founding biotech brands. Where did you get started in your career? (laughs) Many years ago, I started out at a company called Quidel Corporation in San Diego. It's a diagnostics company. Today, they make some of the home COVID tests that you've probably seen. They make a lot of the strep throat testing tests that are in the doctor's office and whatnot. And I got started there working for this amazing guy named Scott Glenn, who is a co-founder of Ourself. Under him, I had just an incredible opportunity to work in product development, in manufacturing, in finance. I did a a stint in finance. I I ran (laughs) operations, and I also did some international sales and marketing. So it was a, a really great experience. And then after that, Scott formed a venture group in San Diego called Windermere Venture Partners. And the strategy of that firm was to found, fund, and operate small startups in San Diego. At the time Quidel started, they were one of two biotechs in San Diego. Now there are literally hundreds, hundreds of small very small, uh, medium size, and most of the large pharmas have R&D units in San Diego. So it's a pretty rich environment in which to innovate and start new companies. And we did many startups there, and I had the great fortune of working with Scott on about eight of them. Wow. A couple of which you've mentioned already. Awesome. So was there anything in particular within that experience that, that led you to this 
innovation in the skincare space specifically? Yeah, well, you know, as you know, the first one of the skincare companies we worked with was Skin Medica, and they really were one of the first companies that in- included a bit of science. They ha- There was a company in San Diego called Advanced Tissue Sciences that was making, they were, they were trying to culture fibroblasts for wound healing. And on the top of the fibroblast cultures uh, is a very rich media with all of the things that the fibroblasts kick out, right? And Skin Medica took that concentrated it and put it in a product. And it's, you know, it has really great properties for for healthy skin. They don't really know all of what's in it, and it varies a little bit. With It's a lot like, you know, if you think about the way medicine evolved, right? We started out with extracts, and then we we advanced to sort of compounds and whatnot, and, and then to targeting. And I sort of see skincare a little bit like that. So Skin Medica was the early extracts. Then uh, Elastin uh, did a lot with purified peptides, but they were really working with things that were invented, discovered by others, and they were formulating them. And where we saw the great opportunity was to take a little bit of the strategy that biotech companies use and, you know, so focus on certain areas that where the needs haven't been met in a topical product and then look carefully at what some of the root causes of, of in our case, we're, we're focusing on lines and wrinkles, sagging, and skin discoloration. And we looked at all the underlying causes, and because we knew we needed to be able to deliver our very special ingredients, we found a great delivery system. And then we're able to not only use ingredients that are available to all, but we can also, and we do with all of our products, create our own. And that's really the secret sauce behind ourselves. That is such a humble way of saying that because <laughs> I will say as a germ, Skin Medica and Elastin are two of the most highly regarded skincare brands that we, because for the consumer, those are mostly germ dispense right. skincare Ex- lines. Yeah. And so within dermatology, they are, especially post-procedure for the germ patient, they are extremely, extremely highly regarded. And I love that that's just like, just like a notch on your CV. Oh. <laughs> She's like, got quite the track record. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Along with like all of the other non-skincare formulations and products that you have developed. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredibly impressive. <laughs> Thank you. Just want to emphasize that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So Lauren, how do you think skincare and injectables can work together to achieve optimal results for people who are looking to improve their appearance? So the way I kind of view it is, you know, as you age, right, the you've got the muscle on your, especially on your face, you've got the muscle on your face, you've got the fat pads, and then you've got the skin over the top. And the injectables generally work under the skin. Now, it, when you specifically talk about fillers, there, as you know, you can't put them everywhere, right? But you can't put them in key places, but they don't do anything for the skin. And the skin is really the tablecloth that covers everything. So you need it to be, you know, hydrated and supple and glowing. And that's what our skincare products do, especially HA Replenishing Serum. So that's how I think they work together. 
I also didn't appreciate until we did some of our clinical studies how much many of the mild to moderate lines and wrinkles you have on your face can be dealt with by hydration, making the skin more supple, rather than actually going for an injectable straight away. I completely agree with that. I think when we, I think the way that we've thought about injectables has evolved over time. And I think that we're now, at least when I speak of like the New York aesthetic, we're in this age of like very natural injectables. And so typically when I think of injectables, I think about reversing what gravity has done. And so it's kind of like repositioning things. We talk a lot in in like the injectable space about like ligaments and how they gain laxity. So yeah, filler is much more of kind of like a deeper process. When you start to go too superficial, that's when people start to kind of not look quite like themselves. But we know that skincare is essential for the whole picture because if you have a plump face, but your skin is rough and it has sun damage, it's not going to give you that youthful glow that you're looking yeah. for. They really kind of work in tandem with each other. Yeah, that's so interesting that, you know, that you're you're talking about this because maybe it just hasn't quite worked its way to the West Coast yet. <laughs> but, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I love how she was like, the New York aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. But no, I agree completely. I think that the the, the most optimized approach is the combination of, of using those injectables as needed and, and making sure that your skin is as hydrated and plumped. And one of our researchers, Dr. Marathi in San Diego, he said, yeah, it just promotes the homeostasis so that the the fibroblasts are just as happy as they can be pumping out all of those great things that they make. Yeah, I love your brand philosophy of ourself and looking like yourself because I think that often when patients come in considering injectables, that's the thing they're most afraid of. And I think that it's because... Is that they won't look like themselves. That they won't look like themselves. And I think that that's because there has been, I would say, like more of a Hollywood aesthetic. I feel like Hollywood is like the people that you know who have had I'm trying work. not to laugh a lot here. <laughs> You're being <laughs> so everyone, PR in your response. But there is, there ha- I feel like there is a cohort of people who have reached for filler to change the way that they look, to create facial features, that they never had. And I think that, not to say that any aesthetic is like the wrong aesthetic, but that's not the only way to use fillers. There's like a really very different way to use injectables where you're essentially saying, I'm aging. I know I'm aging. There's nothing that I can do to stop this process, but I really like to soften it. And I really just like to look the best that I can at this age and feel very refreshed. And so I like love, I I think that that philosophy pairs very well with like an aesthetic philosophy, whereas sometimes people think that like, oh, if you're thinking about injectables or that type of aesthetic, then you must be like looking to never age and never wrinkle and look like someone that you never looked like. And I think that we're starting to change the narrative on it, but it's like the people who have really good work, you don't know that they have work. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> and so I think we've definitely seen some celebrities where you look at them and you're like, they look the exact, you know, like they look so good for their age. And, and it's then, like their face hasn't changed in 20 years. Yeah, that means, and it's yeah. because they've been doing like very subtle, th- they've likely been doing very subtle things over the years, but they're not trying to change the way that they look. And, and so I love that idea of embracing what you look like, embracing what your differences are, what your diversities are, and then 
just preserving it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's the best yourself at every age, right? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think injectables in general have a lot of times been promoted to do that kind of face altering where Mm -hmm. someone wants like a dramatic difference that traditionally before injectables became popular would have to be done via surgery. Yeah. And so a lot of consumers are, they think even, you know, any injectable will like change how they look when you can do small amounts and then pair it with products like ourself to, you know, maintain and 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 look like yourself. So yeah. that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, I agree. So intides are all over your marketing messaging. What are they? <laughs> well, we use the word intide to mean the peptides, the macromolecules, because we use we use some very large macromolecules on some of our products, and and the compounds that we specifically curate for each product. So all of our products have different lists of key ingredients, and we select them very carefully. Many of the ones that the peptides that we create, we you know, there's a lot of. Uh, laboratory work, in in vitro work, other things that we do to characterize them, to make sure that the potency is what we think it is every time, every batch that comes in, you know, we sequence everything. We do we so we do a lot of the same work that you might do for a bi- biologic that is a drug. But these are for, you know, topical products. So we take good care of our, our intides and we use them in in only the appropriate places. Awesome. And so is that uh, that's related to the encapsulation technology? No. So so there are two key things with our technology. One is the encapsulation and delivery, which is a lot of people say that's maybe the, the magic bullet. And then there are the ingredients that are encapsulated, the payloads inside mm-hmm. the vesicles. The delivery system technology has its roots in a delivery system that was used for topical antivirals several years ago. It's a patented technology. And then each one of our specific formulations, because of the nature of the ingredients that are in there, they have different charges, different structures and whatnot. So every one of these formulations has to be specifically characterized. And we we use a a nanoparticle production technology at the heart of it, and then we use some very high shear mixing, and we make these multi-layer vesicles that, the only way I can describe it is they sort of just melt into your skin because they, you know, they get through the stuff that sticks those the stratum corneum together. And then once they get through that, they kind of release their payloads like a water balloon. That's beautiful. And I would just like reiterate what you're saying. That's one of the things that makes this company very special is a lot of times critiques from dermatologists about skincare products in the cosmetic space. It's all about bioavailability. Like how much of, we we see companies where there's data that this is a hot ingredient and this ingredient is good. And then they put it in a formula and the formula itself is never tested. And so how effective a skincare product is, is one, what's the active ingredient, but also is that active ingredient able to get to the target? And so the fact that you guys are studying both the ingredients and you're studying the targets is 
I'm not going to say it's revolutionary, but it is like the way that skincare really should be designed. And it's a very trustworthy. That sounds like it takes a lot of time, though. Like how (laughs) how long does it take to formulate a product? So there's initial formulation. Then there's a lot of testing that we do that you yeah. mentioned on the formulation itself. And we have, we do a lot of ex vivo studies mm-hmm. on using human skin samples in a penetration model. And we fluorescently label some of our ingredients so that we can, so that we can see them in microscopy. We do a lot of confocal microscopy. We do HPLC or UPLC on just to analyze how much is in each of these layers. What I would say this is, is bringing a lot of the techniques Mm -hmm. that are commonly used in biotech to skincare. Yeah, which is what you know and what you started out with (laughs) is formulating medications. Right, exactly. So you know you need to make sure that not only is your ingredient active, but is it getting to where it needs to go? How much of it's there? You know, how much needs to be at the target for it to be effective? You do all these calculations. So that's all the the (laughs) behind-the-scenes stuff that we do. You know, when you're optimizing a brand-new ingredient, you have to have an assay. Yeah. Right? You have to have it so that you know when you're changing this amino acid and that amino acid that it's either improving or not the activity. And so there's a lot of things like that that happen behind the scenes and all before you ever even get to formulating it. That's looking at the ingredients. So it can take, you know, it can take a year to move through all of that. And we did seed finance our company for about 18 months or so while we were working on a lot of the primary ingredients in these products. And then we started formulating and we did our Series A financing at the end of, well, beginning of 2020 and then launched in 2022. Yeah, I'm sure everyone saw your resume and they were like, absolutely take my money. I don't care how long it takes. They're like, I'll wait yeah. five years. Like, I know it's going to be worth it. <laughs> I don't know about that. It was a lot harder than that. <laughs> You're like, no, it was really hard. <laughs> yeah, you know, people—well, that's one of the—I think one of your other questions was what, you know, what did you not know looking back? And yeah. one of the things that a lot of people say, especially about the fairly successful companies, is, oh, it must have been so easy to get that started. I'm not, <laughs> like, are you kidding? Absolutely not. It's always hard. It's always hard. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, to get people to talk to you, then to get them through diligence. I mean, because most most of the time, especially if it's an an entrepreneurial startup, it's risky. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have products yet. Yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like skincare is also a space where there's so many products and there's so many. It's really hard to like stick out in the space. So I guess it's one of those things as an investor where you're like, I trust you, but also. <laughs> <laughs> well, y- yeah, and I think Haven't that— Haven't you already perfected skincare? <laughs> like, yeah, that's—well, you know, so that's one of the reasons we seed finance for a while, we internally, the founders. And then, you know, I think that you have to have a good differentiation strategy, and I think that's something that not everybody understands how to do. It is a talent that, you know, Scott Glenn taught me, and we we use it in all of our companies. You, you can't move forward unless you're doing something that's going to make a difference. 
Yeah, speaking of standing out, and I loved your going back to your water balloon analogy about oh. the the delivery system. I feel like that is such a pillar into the messaging of the brand and and the subtopical delivery technology. Like, how does that differ from what other people do? Yeah. So with many other companies, and and a lot of the ingredient manufacturers do this, they'll put a long lipid tail on a piece, on a little peptide, and use that to help deliver. I think our process is a little more efficient, and you don't have to modify the peptide, so it's a little more bioactive. Also, because our technology allows encapsulation of much larger peptides and proteins and molecules in general, we are able to choose the optimal size. So sometimes if you don't have a great delivery system, as you know, you get your, the skin is a great barrier. So if you're above 700 molecular weight and you're, you're charged, so you're very polar, you're not going to get through the skin. So you have to you have to create a mechanism, and that you know. So so people have used lipid moieties. They've used some carrier proteins that have certain kinds of certain sequences of amino acids in them that make them maybe a little more able to penetrate. There are older liposome technologies, but those technologies they don't tend to always be as stable. And I mean, for for all of our products. We tried many of these different kinds of formulas and ways of formulating and looked at them in skin penetration models and saw that none of the other ones met our criteria. And that's why we went with with the delivery system we have. And we talked about your HA serum. So how would you, and thinking about your delivery mechanism, how would you compare your HA serum to kind of a more traditional HA serum? Yeah. You know, I would say that many of the other HA serums that are out there are hyaluronic acid in some sort of aqueous solution because it's really, really water-soluble, right? Mm -hmm. And you do want to hydrate it because that's what you're trying to do for the skin. But it's it's large. It's 250,000 molecular weight. You have to be at least 50,000 to hold enough water to be meaningful to the skin. In most cases, that hydration is on the top of your skin because it's very difficult for that polar hydrated molecule to get in without help. And what we've done instead is is encapsulate it in this amazing coating that allows it to melt in. And, the, and we hydrate it before it go before we encapsulate it. Mm-hmm. So when it's when it gets in, it's holding two times its weight in water. So that's why it's so refreshing when you put it on, and then it helps make your skin glow. I would agree. I think it, as you said, melts. Sometimes with other HA products, obviously if you don't put a moisturizer on afterwards right away, like you're going to feel sticky. sticky, you could feel really dry. But the yeah, the HA Plus Serum just kind of gives you that buttery yeah. texture. So. I love it. It's my go-to product. Yeah, yeah. So I, the HA Plus Serum and the Lip Filler seem like they're kind of the standout, what a lot of people talk about. So I'd love to kind of go to the the lip filler and ask about that. And I'm curious if that lip filler interacts at all with traditional lip filler. You know, I wouldn't say it interacts with it, but it's a great complement. So 
We've had instances where folks, you know, they they are thinking about, you know, restoring the plumpness of their lips. They're not quite sure that they want to do because they've because they've seen some of some of the more extreme examples. Yeah, the I hear all the time. They're like, no one has natural lips. I'm like, well, again, if you know they had their lips done and you don't know them. Then yeah. that yeah. means that they're bad lips. But I'm yeah. sure there's so many people walking around that you would never be like, oh, that person had their lips done. My right. li- exactly. Well, my lips are done, so hopefully they don't look done. <laughs> <laughs> Your lips look great. Well, yeah. So so we think it's a great way to start out if you if you're not sure what you want to do. And we've had some people say, Oh yeah, I was afraid. Then I tried your lip filler. And then I thought, oh, well, if I could just look like this yeah. and they show their doctor this is what I want to look like, then then they're pretty confident. I think the other place that I've seen it used is initially a lot of people, you get a little bit more puffiness with the lip injections just from the injections themselves. And after a couple of weeks, they, they it's sort of the inflammation kind of regresses back and your lips look a little smaller. And there are some people that go back to the provider yeah. <laughs> and say, I like them the way they were two weeks ago. Can you give me another injection? And I think most providers would say, too soon. (laughs) But a great option is to use our lip filler because it gives you just a little bit of plump, you know, and, and, and it makes everyone feel, oh, a little more like they did, you know, within the first couple of weeks. So that's how I see them working together. Yeah. So, Tell us a bit about the actual functionality of the product, because I'll say the first time I used it, I could definitely feel it, not in a bad way, but it has a different sensation than like another lip plumper technology. And it definitely enhanced the the color in my lips. It, you know, I had a flushing within about 90 seconds, I would say. Mm-hmm. The, so there's a there. So we like to formulate our products so that the user sees some sort of immediate response, like you did, and then we are also giving what we would call the long term benefit. So it's formulated with the two different molecular weights of HA, so it can plump and hydrate and whatnot. But that takes a little while, and we also have a vasodilator in it that is what causes the really natural color. And a little bit of tingling. Okay. There's also, I think, peppermint oil in it, but I think that's more for taste than anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's, that makes it, complete sense. Have yeah. you tri- have you tried it, Elise? I have not tried the filler yet, but I'm obsessed with the conditioner. Like I, I don't know what you put in it. I, it, it just works perfectly. And I also love. I feel like a lot of lip conditioners and lip masks come in like little pots, which I hate. Oh, yeah. And I get them under my nail. Oh, yeah. So I love the applicator. It's, yeah. So I, I love all lip products with applicators. I mean, the ones with pots, I feel like I only use at night because I'm my hands are like freshly clean. I feel like during the day, it's like, it's just not... Uh, Hygienic. Pots. Yeah. <laughs> That's the word I was looking general. for. I feel like we should ban pots <laughs> and like tubs and skincare. But yeah. But I love the lip conditioner. I feel like I need to try the lip filler now. Absolutely. I thought my lips were going to get big in pregnancy, and that's, like, the one thing that hasn't happened. So I'll just I'll use the lip filler, and I'll tell everyone. I'll be like, oh, it's because I'm pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) It's natural. (laughs) So, Lauren, what's your—I'm stuck between the HA Plus Serum and the lip filler, but I do use the HA Plus Serum 
every day. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite product from the whole range? Because I know you also have other products. Not yeah, those, well, those two. Yeah, I, I'd say number one is HA Plus Replenishing Serum. And also, because I have a tendency for dark spots, I use the Dark Spot Intercept every day. And it has really kind of evened and lightened my the background color of my skin and then you probably are where we just launched a new cleanser. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I my regimen is the cleanser, the dark spot intercept, the HA+, and then the rich cream. That's a perfect routine, nice and simple. Yeah, very simple. Can you tell us a little bit more about the dark spot intercept? Sure. So, you know, we took a look at kind of what's going on in your skin that that is causing these dark spots. I have a special interest in it because of my Asian skin. And as you know, everything's happening in the epidermis, with the exception of the, the final brown spot appearing on the, stra- on, this, on the surface of the skin. So we have um, stabilized vitamin C, niacinamide to kind of tamp down the inflammation. That's the very kind of first step in the pathway to making brown color. Um, then we have... a proprietary peptide that we developed that blocks the signaling between the keratinocytes and the melanocytes that initiates the melanin synthesis. And then we have a small molecule that is not hydroquinone that is a tyrosinase inhibitor that blocks the synthesis. And then the niacin might also helps with blocking mm-hmm. the transfer from the melanocyte to the keratinocyte. So it's a it's a whole cycle. Yeah. And we we you know we kind of took it apart and decided how we were gonna intervene in each one. And then we took all of those ingredients and created a special formulation that will concentrate on getting those things into the epidermis. I love that. And I love combination formulas for treating pigmentation because, like you've said, melanogenesis is so complicated and it is so easily triggered. And so when you, one, stop it at or at least kind of target it at multiple levels, you're going to be more effective. But I think it also prevents people from overusing too many products because that's what we see a lot in treating pigmentation is someone wants a vitamin C, and then they want a niacinamide, and then they want a topical tranexamic acid, and they're like layering all of these products, and then they irritate their skin, and (laughs) they have more (laughs) melanogenesis. And so it's amazing. I always say like, let the like formulation, let's leave that to the company, like invest in products that are like high quality formulations that are multiple ingredient versus trying to like layer all of these different products onto your skin at the same time. Yeah. And some of those products just, they can create just surface irritation, yeah, right? exactly. One of the beauties of our vesicle encapsulation technology is that everything gets in as opposed to sitting on top. Yeah. And it's that surface irritation that causes people to go a little bit backwards. And right. Like, I don't understand. It feels like it's getting worse. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we won an Ebony Award for that. Oh, product. that's amazing! Yeah, last year. Yeah, it. Uh, there are a number of people who have you know sort of chronic brown spots that swear by this product. No, oh, Inclu- yeah, including Vemla. She's <laughs> she's she loves uh, DSI. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so looking ahead. Where do you see this intersection of skincare and injectables heading in the next few years? Are there any other companies that might be 
trying to mimic what you guys are doing? Um, and where do you see ourselves kind of evolving and staying at top of this, like, you know, you have such this extensive biotechnology background. Like, Yeah, well, we do have a lot of other things that we're looking at. Too soon to, to speak about them at, at all. But I think that comment about the, the New York aesthetic market looking at combining skincare and injectables or procedures, mm-hmm. I think that is the way it's going to go. And we have a lot of background in uh, combining our products with the procedures because that was the the underlying Alastin. strategy for Elastin. Yeah. And, you know, we think, for instance, things like developing protocols for things like hydrofacial and whatnot, where you get the procedure and then at the end, the finish is with RHA Plus replenishing moisturizer. And then you give the client HA replenishing to use between then and their next hydrofacial. And it's it's just a much more hydrating experience. You, you you get to keep it for longer. And I think there's going to be a lot more of that. We can use a lot of our, like our dark spot intercept and, and other products with some of the non-ablative laser treatments or facials or the non-ablative peels and whatnot. And I think, I think they'll, there'll be a lot more of that. We're dabbling in a few doctor's offices that have spas associated with them and working with them on protocols and and that sort of thing because they see a lot of value in it. Yeah, I think that's definitely as we move into like this more like quote-unquote preventative or like softer aesthetics, this idea that like you have a skincare routine that's a part of your procedural routine. And so you start on a skincare routine maybe four to six weeks to prime your skin before you have a procedure. Maybe you're doing like a superficial laser like once a month for a few months, but that might be applied post-procedure if it's approved. As you know, we don't want to put anything that's not approved to go deeper into the skin on post-procedural. And then continuing the skincare. And you do see like much more beneficial results than if you were just kind of coming in and having these procedures done and then just using random skincare over the counter. Yeah. Elastin really hit a note with the procedure care. So are there any other exciting developments in the beauty space outside of obviously your amazing delivery technology (laughs) and and other things you're working on that you kind of have your eye on for upcoming Um, stuff? You know, Honestly, just in terms of things that I see the the consumers doing, I am just so happy that the no makeup look is coming back because, you know, I feel like for me, it's just, I've always been that way, but it's now coming back to to me. (laughs) You're the trendsetter now. (laughs) Instead of the person who hasn't quite figured out what's going on with everybody else. (laughs) So I think that's a really interesting trend with the consumer. I think also the consumer's are interested in, you know, the science behind what is in the, the stuff they're putting on their face and they they want to see the clinical results. And I think more and more people are going to be moving in that direction. And you see it. It's a great day for the consumer, I think. Yeah, it's exactly why we started this podcast where we were like, <laughs> there's the consumer wants so much information and sometimes that information is very reliable, but like, what better source than to get it from than a Durham esthetician <laughs> yeah. and the company founder, right? There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, I agree I, the, with the trend of the no makeup look. Actually, I don't think we got to it earlier, but I had a question asking, like, what's your take on Instagram face? Oh, and I think yeah. the, this idea of 
you know, the, the duck lips over injection, heavy, heavy, heavy filters on social media is starting to pull back. Um, and people are talking about texture and like, you know, not filtering your skin and what does it actually look like? And that relates back to that whole kind of like no makeup look, even if you have a little bit of makeup on. As you know, like uh, I assisted the brand backstage at Altrazara and the whole concept with the models was just like super hydrated, dewy skin and, you know, just letting letting yourself shine through and, and enhancing it a little bit with like maybe some eyeliner or, or whatnot. But I think that is definitely transcending in people's kind of desire for a beauty aesthetic. Yeah, I think, yeah, absolutely. And obviously the ourself ethos is really to be the very best you. And I think that's kind of the antithesis of the of the Instagram face, but it's what fits us. <laughs> I love it. We need it. Absolutely. So I'm curious, what are some of the most important skills you think entrepreneurs need to be successful? And how have you kind of honed in on those skills over the years? I think having an appreciation for not just the invention, right? The technical thing that you've that you've thought of or whatever, but understanding its position in the market, so the need, and also a little bit about how to finance it. Those are things that I don't think I, as an entrepreneur, appreciated as much as maybe I should have. And there, you know, it's like the three things you have to have, and they're equally important. So I've been able to learn that through all of these companies that I've worked with um, Scott Glenn on, and and you know, he's a master at a lot of the customer part and definitely the finance part. But you know, as the years have gone on, I've gotten a lot more astute at, at both of those as well. But I think. That's the, an appreciation for how important those factors are. Is is something that I know a lot of academic inventors have no idea about. It's so hard. Like it's it's different brains almost. Like you know, I think very science, but I think that you've also shown it's it's important to partner with people and it's important to like find mentors and find leaders that are going to teach you those skills or have those skills. Like when I when we think about podcasting, <laughs> there are like the things that I'm very good at. And then there are like all the things that Ian does that I... <laughs> oh, that was very sweet. She emphasized all. <laughs> Thanks, babe. <laughs> There's so much that Ian does. And like, so it is, yeah, it's, you can't do everything, right? You right, have to, right. Like, we all have our, our area of expertise. Yeah. And the more you can branch out and and cover the areas in between those three big pillars is helpful but it is great that's you know that's why the three founders of ourselves are also important right i'm more on the innovation and sort of operational execution scott glenn is he's a great big idea guy plus he's he understands how to finance and fund companies and vemla is an amazing commercial person so that's why we work so well together I love it. You have yeah, the three pillars. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. Exactly. Exactly. At least, do we need a third person in our <laughs> Actually, like, probably. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> our podcast recording studio. Thank you, yeah. Harry Studios. We love you. <laughs> Amazing. Well, we touched a bit on your career past, but is there any kind of like last words, like something you wish you had known when you started this long, amazing journey outside of those kind of pillars of being successful? Yeah. I think you have to be bold, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to describe that big idea. 
and you can't be afraid. Just got to get out there. I love it. Bold, love big that. ideas and don't be afraid. Go after it. Yeah. We should go do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, for everyone listening, you have the Ourself website, but where are some of the other points of distribution that anyone could uh, pick up the product? We're in about 50 Blue Mercury stores across the country. And we're in Nordstrom. We're starting out in the Modern Spa with our first big account being Everybody in New York and on the eastern uh, seaboard. We have some e-com partners like people like um, Moda, Operandi, and other folks like that that are primarily e-com, although they have some trunk show, face-to-face things. We're only a year in commercialization, so this expansion is uh, part of what we're, our goal is for this year. It's a quite impressive expansion for being one year old. So. Yeah, very <laughs> so, high quality brand. Yeah, so, yeah, she's like, well, and this, and this. Re-, and I was like, oh, she's keep going. <laughs> so, well, thank you so much, Lauren. It was a pleasure learning from you and and hearing where the company's going. And I think we touched on a lot of important topics about this intersection of skincare, injectables, and how ourself sits in that middle ground. So. Yes, it was a pleasure. Oh, it was a pleasure to speak with you guys. You're such engaging hosts. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's easy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Thank you for spending time with us today. Please leave us a review if this topic helped you feel smarter, calmer, and more confident about your beauty decisions. You can engage with us more personally on Instagram. See you next episode.